That's some good news, isn't it? I've made up my mind I'm not going to ever again be a bad news guy. I ain't got no bad news. I'm going to be talking so much about what problems. We're going to talk about the resurrection, the power of Jesus Christ. You want some bad news? Turn on the news. You want some good news? Come to church. Read the Word of God. Amen. Praise God. Brother Sam and I will be sharing the whole month of January on fasting and praying. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. That's the only way you get faith. You got to hear the Word of God. So we're going to share with you this morning for a few minutes about fasting and praying. You say, what is fasting? Fasting is afflicting your flesh. Your number one, I don't know where it's your number one enemy or not, but I tell you, your flesh is your enemy. He's not your friend. He's your enemy. You got to keep him under control. And fasting, you can drink water or not drink water. Jesus drank no water for 40 days. I mean, he drank water, but he ate no food. So um, you can do that. You say, well, what else is fasting? Daniel and them fasted 21 days eating fruits and vegetables. The Catholic calls it Lent. Flicked your flesh to do without something that you love. Some people say, well, I can't do it, do it without it because it makes my head hurt. The reason your head hurt is withdrawal from nicotine or caffeine or anything like that. That's what makes your head hurt. So if you get off of that, you won't be having no headaches when you fast. You know, so those kind of things. So a partial fast, if you want to do a partial fast, you might want to do away with coffee. That, that's going too far, isn't it? Ken's already said he's going to do away with Bluebell for all the month of January. So it is afflict your flesh, keep your flesh under control. The early church fasted every Wednesday and Friday. You find throughout the scripture they fasted often. So you want to make a, a commitment to fast. Do without something. A sweets would be a good thing. Get your flesh under control and let it know that you're in control and not your flesh is under control. Now, some things only happen by fasting and praying. You can pray, but if you want to get a greater result, sometimes you're going to have to fast and pray. Ken mentioned something this morning about a guy on a job fast with him. They have to get rid of one of his habits. So, habits... It's like he said this morning, it's hard to get rid of them. But with Christ in you, the hope of glory, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So it's important. If you got your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn to Acts 13, verse 2 to 14. Acts 13. Appreciate you being here. Everybody already going to plan on a good year? Amen. Acts 13, verse 2 to 14. Give you a chance to get there. Then we'll have them to put up Isaiah 58 and 6, and then we'll come back to that one later. 
But to get started here for a few moments, we're going to share the word of the Lord. All right, everybody ready? Verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord, in other words, worshiping or praying and fasting, somebody tell me what happened. Say it out loud. If you want the Spirit of God to begin to speak to you, fast and pray. Worship. Give thanks to God. Give God glory. I guarantee you he's going to start talking. He'll talk to you as an individual. I believe the church needs to hear from God just as much as they did in the early church. We as individuals need to hear the voice of God speak to us. He speaks through the Word. He speaks through the Spirit. He'll speak an audible voice sometime. He said, as they fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me. In other words, I want Barnabas and I want Saul for the work wherein I have called them. Verse 3. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on Saul and Barnabas, they sent them away. Verse 4. Being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, they departed. Now let's read Isaiah 58 and 6. Isaiah 58 and 6, if they get it up there. Okay. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bounds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the press go free, now, somebody help me. I'd like for the whole church to help me on the last of that. Somebody lead us out on that. Now, we're going to come back to that. Who is to break the yoke? Who? Kian is the only one that's going to break the yoke. See, he's the only one that's going to be a yoke breaker. we got another hand waving back there. They're going to be a yoke breaker. Thank you. Going to be a yoke breaker. You said, I thought God was going to do it. We're going to get to that here in a minute. God in you will break the yoke through you. But you've got to participate with God. Now, he said, you break all the yokes. Now, as they worshiped and praised God, the Holy Ghost was hovering. Genesis 1 tells us that. In the beginning, the Holy Ghost was hovering. He was watching over, and then he began to speak. Here, the Holy Ghost was there, hovering over, watching over, and then he begins to speak. As he speaks out, he said, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for my service. When Jesus went into Peter's mother-in-law's house, where was the mother-in-law? She was sick in bed. Jesus walks over and touches her. She gets out of the bed and immediately starts serving. When the Holy Ghost comes in our lives, you don't need nobody to tell you that you need to serve. I'll tell you the Holy Ghost will tell you your responsibility is to go to work, is to build the kingdom of God. He equips you, qualifies you to send you out. He needs you. How many believe that God needs you? Why don't you raise your hand if you believe God needs you? He can't operate without you. He's got to have a body to work through. And we're his body that he's called us to work through. 
And God said, separate to me Barnabas and Saul. I feel anointing in my heart, not just this morning, that we must separate and go out and do what God has called us to do. It's his calling on our lives to help build the kingdom of God. And he's qualified us. How many feel like you're qualified? You've got to feel like you're qualified. Dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work I have for them. Every part of God's work is a special work. What Diane does is a special work. What the ladies do back there from Monday through Wednesday is a special work to keep the things of God going. People volunteers comes up here, that's a special work. There's something that everyone's hand can do something. That's why he gives you a set of hands where you can do something in the kingdom of God. Help build the kingdom of God. Let me ask this voice, ask you this. Has the Spirit spoken to you to what he wants you to do in the kingdom of God? Is he speaking to you? I believe he is. I believe that God speaks to everybody at all times. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He never slumbered. He never sleeps. What he's looking for is a hearing ear. How many knows what the hardest job God has to do is to convince us we're his children. We're an heir, and we're a joint heir. We're priests and kings. Our flesh says no. The devil says no. But God says, I've chosen you, and I've qualified you for this work. Brother Yoakum said when he first was called in the ministry, he told God, said, I can't do that. He said, I know you can't, but I have qualified you. How many believe that God has qualified you? You must learn that God has you on his mind at all times. I believe we're coming closer than we ever realized. I don't believe we realize how close the coming of the kingdom of God is. I believe what Brother Sam read up here this morning is another great sign that God is putting forth to get this message throughout the world because he's coming soon and he wants the world to know that who he is. Hallelujah. I'm so nervous this morning. God does not want you just to know about him. He wants you to know him. You can know about him and never know him. You can know this book from Genesis to Revelation and never know who God is. He wants you to know him. He wants you to be on a first-term basis with speaking to him. He wants to use everybody in the kingdom of God. I'm going to read that again in Joshua, 50, Isaiah 58 and 6. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bounds of the wicked, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the press go free, that you break every yoke? That's the chosen fast that God wants first in the church. That's what he's chosen first for us to do. Joshua 10, or we're not going to read all those scriptures. Five nations came against Joshua. 
had him surrounded and shut in. And the Lord appeared to him and said, Now, Joshua, do not fear. We're surrounded by the things that we've probably never seen before. Worry, fear, anxiety, sleepness, can't sleep, can't do this. We're surrounded by those enemies. They're all around you. You're hearing more about it than we've ever heard in our lives about it. How many of you know we, except you come as little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of God? Holly's got three little ones, Benjamin and Gabriel. One of them was over the house the other day. He said, I got to go home. It's now nap time now. They can lay down in the floor and go what? How many can lay right down in the floor today and go right to sleep? Worry and fear and anxiety. I got some hands back there. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Just lay right down in the floor. Peggy tells me sometimes that I don't know how you can sit there in that chair and just fall asleep. Peace of mind. The peace of God rule your heart. Listen, God is in us. He's for us. He wants us to be able to do what he does. Everybody ought to say amen. He wants you to do exactly what he does. He wants you to put his spirit in us. He said, now, Joshua, don't fear. Don't fear them, guys. I am with you. I am. How many believe that God is with you? He said, I am with you. Get up and go to battle. What you don't kill with a sword, I'll send a hailstorm and kill the rest of them. What kind of deal do you got? Hallelujah. What work can you go and get a better deal than that? Get up, Joshua. I'll put them in your hands. Cut them off with the sword. And what you don't get, I will kill them with the hailstorm. And the Bible said, and God killed more with the hailstorm than Joshua killed with all the sword. Listen, God will give us a promise. You do what you can do, and if you can't get it done, I'm going to come and do it. I'm going to be the finished product behind you. Don't worry. Don't fear. Don't get all upset and worry and fear and doubt and unbelief. God is for you. He's already put the enemy in your hand. He said, if you can't get it done, I'll do it for you. Come on, church, it's time for us to shout hallelujah and get the mind of God in our lives, in our hearts, and believe what God has said and act on what God has said. You'll break the yoke. If some reason you can't, I'll do it for you. Now, he's not going to do it if you just sit there twiddling your thumb and sitting on the couch. I think Rhonda Elliott one time showed us some things. What was it about sweet potatoes and all those iced potatoes and kind of all the functions they played? I mean, Sister Rhonda, was that you did that one time? Listen, you can't be a couch potato and expect God to work for you. Hmm? You can't. You're partners. You're equal. Somebody ought to say that man on that. We don't have time to do all this. I'm trying to make up my mind. I'm not going to preach about 20, 30 minutes. Ennis Young used to call me the 20-minute man. You have to discipline yourself sometime. We are in partnership with God. He's for us. And Joshua went out and did 
what God told him to do. Now that you do what? Who's going to break the yoke? You are. How? Through a chosen fast with God. Now you may not be a one that can... Ken mentioned in a Sunday school class this morning about he got a guy on the job to help him to fast to break a habit he had. And the guy come to him the second day said, this can't go no more. Man, I got to go get something to eat. That's all right. Just go on and eat. Some can do it and some can't. But everybody can fast something. There's something you can do to fast to let your body know that you're in charge. Peggy and I carried my mother. She'd never been anywhere. She way up in years. She wanted to go see her nephew down in well, McAllen, Texas, I believe it was. And, and uh, these people are very well off on huge farm. He said, I want you to come and go ride with me. I said, okay. He said, my wife and my two sons think they're in charge of this business. He said, I don't let them know any difference. Said I'm in charge, but I'm letting them think they're in charge. I have nothing to really to do about it. I just let them think and do what they want to do. I want you to know God has put you in charge. You ought to say amen. It's time for us to let the devil know that God has put us in charge of this world with the anointing and the glory of God is for us, and what we can't get done, God said, I'll do it for you. Can you get a better deal than that in town? Get a better deal than that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fear, worry, anxiety. If you're in debt, God will help you get out of debt. But you got to work with him on that. He'll work with you. 1 Kings 21, 27 says this. Ahab had sold himself to do evil. He was a wicked king. Man, he was wicked. We won't say too much about his wife. But anyhow, he was wicked. But he heard what God had done for the, against the Amorites that had come against Israel. He'd heard what they had done to them. He got busy and got in sackcloth and ashes and repented. Listen, if we want to see this world repent, we need to get busy. Amen? And let them know what God has done for you. Somebody say amen. amen. Don't tell people your editorial what you've been going through with. They've got enough to already. They don't need no more than that. They need to know and hear about the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what he's done for you and what he brought you through and what he's going to bring you through tomorrow. What he done yesterday, he'll do today. He'll do today. Don't break every yoke. Who is? Who is? I am. You say, well, you've been boastful now. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. You have not what? Because you do not ask and speak the things of God. God will make the things that looks the worst look like it's nothing. The kind of God that we serve. Oh, what a God we have. I, I've been intending to get back with Brother Sam. He, he lost me a couple of Sundays ago when he talked about 
how far God is out there. Brother Sam, that was awesome. I couldn't get a hold of all of that. I, I wanted to. It, it, how many know that we cannot fathom how big and how God is? He, he explained all of that, how big God is. And the Bible said, and the universe cannot hold him. He's so big. That's our God. That's inside of us. That's the glory and the power of God is telling us how big I am. Did you just try me and see if I'm not big? Thank you for that message, Brother Sam. I tell you, it was awesome how big God is. I mentioned Brother Ken. He told me something about DNA this morning. I watched something the other day on DNA. Every animal on this earth has got a DNA and none of them is alike. Trees has DNA and they're not alike. How in the world did he do that? Oh, that's just fabbing the wonderful things of God and what he's doing in our lives. If he can do that, just think what he could do to us. The wonderful things of God. The Bible said, be ye followers of God as dear children. Imitate him. The death of Elijah. Jesus went there. They said, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. And then he said something awesome. I am the resurrection. I, how, how many know that you've been resurrected from the dead? How many know that you've been resurrected from the dead? From the dead of the trespasses of sin when sin had a hold on you and could not hold you, Brother Taylor, because God says, I am the resurrection. He said, I'm not going to be that I'm trying to be. He said, I am the resurrection. Luke 4, verse 18. He says, I am anointed to. He tells what he's anointed to do. He said, I'm anointed to do this. He's anointed. 1 John 2.27 said the same anointing that teaches you that was in Jesus is in us. How many believe the same anointing was in Jesus is in us? He's in here. You got to claim it. You got to recognize he's there. Well, I just don't feel like it. There's times Jesus didn't feel like he was anointed. You said, you don't know that. Yes, I do, because the Bible said he was tempted in all points like as us. At the time, he felt like he wasn't anointed, but he had to get that thing under control because he knew who he was. And then he goes on to say, I am the resurrection of life. I am the power. And then he does something outstanding. Everybody around him was full of doubt, fear, and worry because Lazarus is dead. And Jesus says, where have you laid him? And they said, what difference does that make? I'm just giving you a little short story here. What difference does that make? He's already stinking. He's been in that grave four, four days now. Scholars said the flesh done fallen off the bone. He's stinking. He's stinking. Brother James told a story of him casting one time about Two men walking down the road, and this dead dog laying beside the road, and one of them said, oh, look how he stinks. Another one walked over and looked at him and said, but he got the prettiest white teeth you ever seen. I'm telling you, church, it has a lot to do how we look at things. They said, he stinketh now. What good is it going to do to know where you laid him? 
I want you to see him filled with the resurrection power of making a confession that who he was. I'm anointed to do this. How many feel like you're anointed to do what God has called you to do? We are anointed. I didn't used to feel this way. But I'm beginning to feel something different in my spirit than I've never felt before. And I expect it to get bigger and better in my life unless I go home in the next few minutes. And then he does something else. He said, roll the stone away. I'm anointed, he said, to do this. And 1 John 2, 27 says, the anointing that he had is in you. Is in you. And then he does something else. Anybody know what he said next? Lazarus, would you please come forth? Lazarus, would you come forth? Lazarus, didn't you hear my voice? He said, Lazarus, come forth. I tell you, death released him. The flesh jumped back on the bones if it was gone and set him free, bound and free. How many believe that God spoke to you one day when you in the trespasses of sin and called your name? Come forth. Come out of that situation. I believe God is telling us today, I'm calling you to come out of the situation you're in. Come out of that. I'm calling your name. Come forth. No bounds can hold you down. Come forth for the wonderful things of God. Something good is happening. I'm anointed to do this. Something else he did before he did that. He said, Father, I thank you that you always do what? Hear me. How many believe that God always hears you? He said, I thank you. I thank you that you always hear me. They came to Jesus one time and said, teach us to pray. What was the first word that come out of his mouth? Our Father. Jesus said, my Father, I thank you. How many could say right now, my Father, I thank you that you always hear me. Because he said it's our Father. It's your Father. It's my Father. I thank you that you always hear me. Well, I'm not sure. where we 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 got to have confidence that God hears us. He hears us. He's going to hear you during these fasting and is he hearing you now? He said, my father and your father, teach us how to pray. Philippians 4 and 6 says, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. The first thing ought to be done in prayer is to thank God that he hears you. In the worst situation, the doubt and fear and worry was all around him. What does he think he's going to do? This man is dead, and he's thinking, what does he think he's going to do? He said, I'm anointed to do it. The same anointing that lived in him lives in us.
I had time this morning, I could tell you some awesome stories that you can read if you read the right books, what's happening today. In the 1800s, there was a lady named Merle, Myrtle Fillmore. She was a Christian. She got diabetes, and not diabetes, but tuberculosis. There was no cure back then, none whatsoever. She cried out to God and said, This tuberculosis is an intruder. It's not an inheritance. It's intruding in me. And I command it to get out. Hallelujah. Now, what happened? Somebody shout out, what happened? Immediately, what happened? Because the same authority that was in the 1800s, the same authority was in Jesus, was in her. She commanded that intruder to get out. If any of you had known and acquainted with Brother Tony Evans after he had a heart transplant, what kind of problems he had and what kind of medicine he had to take. One of it for this reason. His body kept telling. They claim it's, it happens to any person that has a transplant from another person. It happens. Is that right, Sister Tammy? It happens. You have a liver transplant, you, it happens. What was happening here, this heart that was put in him up there in the Baptist Hospital in Little Rock, the body is saying, you are an intruder. You don't belong in here. You, 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 you're not part of me. So they had to give all that medicine to Brother Tony to tell that body to accept that. What God has given us when something comes into our spirit should not be there, he automatically begins to say, you don't belong here. You break every yoke, stand up, bold your face, say with confidence in God, you do not belong in my house. You do not belong in my children. You do not belong in my marriage. You do not belong in my finances. You are an intruder. And immediately she was healed. Immediately she was healed. People heard about it and become from around the world to get prayed for because God was in the house. I love that song, Can You Sing? There's a miracle coming down the dusty road. I'm sorry, Brother Ken, I won't sing that no more. No. There is a miracle in my house. It's already come down the dusty road. It's come to my house, and now it resides in my house. I do not sing it's a coming anymore. I sing, thank God, you have come and rested in my house and driven out the enemy in my house that does not belong there. You do not belong here. Our place has been blessed with gophers, moles, and far ants this last year. I've never seen nothing like it in my life. A year or so ago, we had so many mice in the barn and the well sheds, you couldn't count them. 
I went to get some stuff to try to poison them, and a guy asked me, he said, what are you doing with this stuff? And I told him, I'm putting it in the house where they are. He said, you put it in the wrong place. I said, well, where do you want me to put it? He said, put it on the outside. You want to get them before they get in there. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. You want to get the devil before he gets into your house. Claim the blood against him. Claim the power of Christ against him. Just like God worked through, Jesus broke the yoke off of Lazarus. Peter, Paul, and him did the same thing. God has not changed. So I want you to expect something miraculous to happen. Miraculous to happen. I don't know where we're through or not, but I'm on through. I'm going to quit right there. Brother Don and them can come. Let's make it a point. This is the first of the year. From now on, we're going to take the authority over our lives. When the devil tries to intrude, we're going to tell him, you're an intruder. You don't belong here. You got to get out. Hallelujah. There's a guy that used to, I think he was a crippled guy, came down to the old church. You remember him? He's a cripple. You sing a song. Lord, I don't mean to worry you, and I don't mean to bother you, but it's me. <laughs> it's me again. <laughs> I, I, I need you again. How many of you need God every second of your life? You need him operating. You need him there. So start taking the authority and speaking against it like Jesus did. He's our teacher. He sent the Holy Ghost down here to teach us. Don't say something good's going to happen. Say something good is happening. Hallelujah. The power of the resurrection. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus stayed on the cross to bring about the power of the resurrection to change our lives. I've been changed and newborn because of what Jesus has done. He's given us the authority to do that. God bless you for being here today.